Hello, patrons of the internet. You are listening to the Deep Dive Discography Podcast. I am your host, Marcus Ferrar. Joined with me, as always, is my good friend, Aaron Price. Hello, Mr. Aaron Price. How are you doing? Hola, hola. I'm doing well. How are you? I am fantastical. Um, today, we're going to talk about a band that I have a lot of reverence for, but I think I made you listen to this band. I basically waterboarded you with the sounds of Cynic. The yeah. quintessential Florida progressive e death metal e weird fusion esque kind of bands. Is it weird that before this, I don't think I've ever listened to Cynic? That is weird because last I checked, they were legends. Unless I <laughs> got confused for the other Cynic. Yeah. See, everyone's always told me they were legends, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I set my bar very high when walking into this. That tells me you're probably disappointed. <laughs> well, there's only one way to find out. How? How on earth can we find out? Uh, we focus on Cynic. Ooh, that's a beautiful segue. <laughs> See, we're getting better at this. That's nice. So, so, yeah. We got the debut album, Focus. A lot of people consider this to be the peak of this band. It is considered a legendary album within the technical death metal progressive metal kind of genre uh put out by road runner records and it was also produced by scott burns who you might know from Morris sound studios who did like you know all the florida death metal bands like morbid angel cannibal corpse monstrosity massacre all that shit yeah so what do you think of focus um well yeah i mean i feel like i've heard this album before having listened to human yeah, very similar <laughs> personnel, right? Literally very... half of Cynic was on the album Human by Death. Yeah, it's just like the album was not quite, you know, note for note. That's not the word I'm looking for, but it, it's very parallel to Human. Um, obviously, save for some some clean vocals. Yeah, the thing about it is I think you made an interesting point where this album is almost like a weird sister project of specifically the human era sound from death. This is literally, if a parallel universe existed right next to ours, the new death or a death record would basically just be this. Yeah. You can tell this was written by a bunch of theory nerds. This yeah. was written by just the biggest death fans. If you didn't know who was in the band, you would honestly just assume this was a death clone. And to be fair, it basically was. It is, but it goes in a lot of different directions. Like, I think the biggest difference between this band and pretty much everything else that was going on at the time is, like, they did a lot of the genre hopping stuff that you kind of see now with more of the progressive metal bands. So a common mistake when people talk about this album is they refer to the clean guitar parts as jazz fusion, and they refer to a lot of the fretless bass stuff as very fusion sounding. And it is, it does sound quote unquote jazzy, but not to be confused with actual honest to God jazz music. It's just, they had clean guitar parts with really dense chords <laughs> and people said, Oh, well, it sounds like jazz and no, it fucking doesn't. It is just a death metal album with quiet parts and clean vocals thrown in. Sounds like jazz. <laughs> yeah. Most jazz albums do jump between death metal it's usually true. a common a common genre trait it's true <laughs> have you ever actually like been to a jazz concert every once in a while the dude just belts out a fucking scream and catches everyone off guard and some women spontaneously go into labor 
water breaking all over the place. All over the place. Um, well, jokes on you, Aaron. Pregnant women don't go to jazz concerts. Probably true. I do find it interesting that based on Spotify stats, this is actually like the least listened to Cynic album. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, some people need to really reevaluate things. Yeah, because this is actually my favorite. No, actually, no, it's not my favorite release, but it's definitely the most legendary. Like, if you were to look up iconic death metal albums from this era, this would probably come up. Or I'm assuming so, right? Because the stuff that's on top of there are songs off of uh, Traced in Air as well as Kindly Bent Us. Is that correct? Yeah. So we'll we'll get to those other albums in a minute, but yeah, what's what's your impression of this thing? Like I don't I still don't know. Do you like this album? Um, this album was fine. I mean, like as a whole, I would honestly rather just listen to Human, and that's saying something because I don't really like Human. Um, you don't? Not really. But you never talked uh, about this. Holy listen, shit. that's that's a conversation for a different day. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you're right. You're um, right. Yeah, all around, like it's. Like he says, techie prog death. It's it's good, but I, I feel like I went in with way too high uh, expectations on this album. Um, I do appreciate that the the first song on the album is Vela Maya. An amazing song. And good. obviously, easily uh, yeah. has to be one of the more popular ones, right? Like, I think everyone... How many people do you think have listened to that song trying to look up the band? I... Ooh, I don't know. Probably, I guess, like, because Veil of Man is obviously like such a massive band, they probably stumbled upon the deathcore group rather than the cynic recording. But I mean, I guess it's one of those things where it depends on what circle you're in, right? Like, if you're yeah. talking amongst death metal nerds and you name drop Veil of Man, they're probably going to assume you're talking about the cynic song as opposed to that, uh, whatchamacallit, Sumerian band. Yeah. The only reason I asked is because compared to the rest of the album, that song has twice as many streams. I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised. And I think the reason why is because it really just gets down to brass tacks. It doesn't really fuck around as much as the other songs. Like this album's really, really experimental. And especially for the time too, right? Like if you think about what death metal was at the time, a lot of it was really brutal um, caveman shit. Again, like Monstrosity or Massacre. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of dudes from Florida with like headless guitars start singing about the fucking universe. <laughs> yeah and they start having like vocoder segments and chapman sticks and fucking it's 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 weird it's really weird but the album is also uh, a very patient listen it's not long it's only 35 minutes but it's a lot man a lot of stuff happens it's very very progressive yeah a lot of mid-paced kind of stuff it's not the most death metally death metal album it's a very dense album as well. There's just a lot to take in in one go. Um, I like. I feel like if I listened to this album earlier, into me getting into death metal and metal as a whole, I may have different feelings towards it. But with how much, how much is out there now, this just doesn't even scratch the surface for what I'm looking for. I don't blame you because even when I went back to this album, I was like, man, I like this a lot more when I first got into death metal. So, yeah. You know what it is about it too? It's because I think a lot of it is this is the OG version of that sound. I think oh, a definitely. lot more. Yeah, I think like a lot of bands ape on focus a lot of not even really realizing it. Yeah. Way ahead of its time, really. 
Yeah, I, I, like you said, it, like it definitely did set the standard for the sound. The issue is so many people are going to stumble upon it far later and just go, well, this band did it better five years later. But I have access to both, so I'm going to go listen to that one instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's unfair to say that maybe like uh, bands have definitely surpassed the cynic standard. But the one thing I will say, however, is that, like, even with that being said, I think Cynic is probably the most unique version of all of that. I don't think any, I think a lot of bands want to sound like Cynic, but they don't ever really get there. It is really like a unique um, mix and conglomerate of voices and ideas just thrown in there, you know? Yeah, and that becomes much more apparent as we uh, progress through the albums as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I think the songwriting on here is pretty interesting. It's not, it's a little unfocused. I didn't, I actually didn't mean for that to come out like that. <laughs> there, there are moments on this thing where I kind of get lost in the weeds a bit, honestly. Just because it, it really does go places and there are, times and places where i wish it was just a little bit more on the death metal side because the other elements have been done better elsewhere but because it is fused with death metal it kind of is like a once in a lifetime kind of thing you know what i'm saying yeah yeah any uh any particular favorite songs from this one i would probably say songs like Euroboric Forms, I'm But a Wave 2, Veil of Maya, The Eagle Nature, and How Could I are like really, really, really cool songs. And that's kind of also another thing I should have mentioned too is that the song is, sorry, this album isn't front or back loaded. I think the pacing is actually pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah, the pacing in this one's really good. Um, yeah, I gotta say, I, I like Euroboric Forms more than anything else on the album. Good song. Yeah. It's also one of the older songs. Like if you listen to the old school demos, that one actually it, it comes up a couple times. Nice. Yeah. You know what's weird? Mm-hmm. It took 15 years after this album for them to come out with another one. Didn't it? You know it's not weird? Yeah. How much the sound changed. Yeah. Tell us about Trace I and like, Air. I love this thing. God. I think it's fucking awesome. I do not. <laughs> It's weird. It's a really weird album, man. This is like, I have like nostalgia with this album because I actually heard it when it was relevant. Um, because at the time, around like this is when I, 2008 is actually my first year in high school, and that's when I started like getting into progressive metal as a concept. So I wasn't really in a death metal, but I came across this album. So actually, this is my first Cynic album I've ever listened to, honestly. Man, going into high school, I was into concept albums and mellow deaths. So yeah very different peeps but yeah um you know you mentioned with focus how it sounded unfocused yeah my my issue with trace and air is it sounds way too focused there's a lot like all the songs sound very similar to each other they like listening through it the songs started to blend together to an extent that i didn't know where i was on the album anymore and and, uh specifically like the space for this there was no space for that song that song is repetitive as shit that song song. did not need to be six minutes long no it didn't but i love it you could cut it in (laughs) half it would be the exact same fucking song 
it's a Persian rug. Like if you put it under a microscope, it's so fucking flawed, but man, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I love the riff and the hook of that song. I, I think it's fucking brilliant. I, okay. So here's the thing about this album, right? It is not for the same audience. Um, it needs to be like stated that this, this album would fly really well, at, like a between the bear to me concert as like an opening band, for example, because they did tour of bands like BT bam scale, the summit, um, what other prog bands were popular at the time? Like OG um, Animals as leaders and stuff like that. And like, it is not a death metal record. Um, it is just a straight up prog metal record. And, you know, yeah, I think this thing's fucking awesome. It uh, It is some hipster shit, though. <laughs> like, it really is. This is some like is, neck beardy. Oh, this yeah. is some nerd fucking shit, dude. Yeah. Straight up. This is not for the bros. You do not want to put this on at a party. You will get punched. <laughs> People will ask you to leave and they'll ask you to leave your alcohol in the fridge and just never talk to them again if you put this on elsewhere. Are you speaking from experience? <laughs> yeah, man, I ruined my friend's birthday party last week because I put on Trace and Air. Yeah, I don't blame him for kicking you out. He did the right thing. I did the right thing or he did the right thing? He did the right thing. You can fuck off. Um, what's your beef with this album besides the fact that's awesome and you know shit takes like like i said (laughs) the the songs all sound so similar i just lose track of where i am in this album so easily because nothing really jumps out outside of how repetitive it can be um i do like some of the cleans in this one and like the kind of robotic-y sound to them um like spacey robotic-y i don't even know how how to uh explain what i'm trying to explain but you should know what i mean it's your favorite album well i was gonna say like what i actually like about the albums i I really dig paul's voice on this i i I love his singing voice um i think it's weird like i wouldn't want him to sing in any other context but i think over top of his songs like yeah dude that's that's like a great voice i think what i like about it too is even though they're a prog band um i don't feel like they get lost in the same proggy nonsense that other prog bands do it's proggy by sound and attitude but not by like weird technical stuff like it is like a techie sounding album obviously but i guess what i'm trying to say is like you know when you put on a dream theater album and it sounds like they just wrote riffs in seven eight and it, it sounds hard and it just that's kind of just what it sounds like it just sounds like weird hard music this is just weird music. It doesn't sound very difficult, but it is. It's like really deceptive. It's a uh, very organically flowing. I well, think on the on the note of like comparing this to Dream Theater, one thing I did find with this album is I I wouldn't even start to class it into the metal spectrum anymore, and would actually take a step back and consider it more prog rock. Why is that? Just like Dream Theater, it, it it just doesn't have that hardness and heaviness. It's very soft throughout. There are some obvious, obvious gravels throughout. That is pretty much the entirety of where it does get metal. But past that, nothing in it really feels heavy. It, well, that's like a this, lot of- this one feels more jazzy than Focus. Well, the thing about it, too, is like, this album is filled with like those double stop kind of riffs 
where it's like tremolo picking and you have like 16th notes that are doubled up. And that's like a sound you'll hear a lot throughout this band's discography. And that to me just kind of like removes that rock influence, you know? I think it's, it, if anything, the rock stuff is kind of like the vocal melodies, not so much the performance. I think it's played very much like a, uh, a progressive metal vocalist. I just think that it has hooks, right? That's kind of unusual for, you know, this kind of progier style. It's like, it's, it's almost like if a prog band tried to make something that was accessible. Yeah, but Dream Theater made stuff that was accessible. Rush made stuff that was accessible. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, like they all have kind of the same, the same concept to how they build the song to an extent, obviously. So I, I guess that's kind of where my my thought sits. You know, even even if it is like a progressive rock album, I would still say it's a cut above anything else that was going on in progressive rock at the time. Like, I probably should just, you know, consider this album in a vacuum, though, because, like, what is Cynic, right? Even though this album um, came out so many years later, it still sounds like them, even though it sounds nothing like the previous effort. That's fair. Um, it is unique. Like, I don't know if any other band still sounds like this. And, like, I, I feel like I was the only person who took such a grandiose influence from it. I, do I, I never have... hear people talking about this thing. <laughs> I do have a bone to pick with, uh, well, over a million people. How in the fuck is the space for this over, like, their second highest stream song? It's so catchy. No. (laughs) Okay, yes, but that's only because it's repetitive (laughs) shit. Yeah, that's that's a bad argument, because how many songs are catchy and popular? All pop songs. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm more of a poptimist than you, I guess, but, um. Yeah, dude, oh. I, I think uh, you are tripping, my guy. This <laughs> I love Fine. space Fine. for this. I think space for this. I brush my teeth to that shit, man. Fine. Fine. That's fine. Would you jog to it, though? Uh, space for this, I have. Yeah. All right, um, fine. The rest of the songs, no, because it's not hype enough. I don't yeah. jog to Cynic out of principle. Oh, you don't so- jog to Cynic at all? Well, that Absolutely ruins the question not. I was going to ask later. No, no. I jog to like a lot of metalcore and deathcore because... I, I want to hear saying it's heavy and quick. That doesn't waste my fucking time. <laughs> oh, so cynic waste your time. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Thank I you. That's all, all music, I want to hear. I think all music. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. All music is bad. <laughs> all music wastes time except for Dance Gavin Dance. They're the only good band ever. So um, why are we talking about cynic? I want to do a Dance Gavin Dance episode. I just don't have, I don't know if we have time to talk about a dozen albums. Yeah, we can split it up. Um, Ooh, yeah. All right. Favorite song space for this Fuck evolutionary you. sleeper I'm done with you that's the end of this episode <laughs> all right bye uh, everybody thank you for listening to our rant uh the one i the one i gave it to is integral integral birth wow sick song words failed me there but sir before we move on i just want to get it out there into the ether you you just generally don't like this album yeah pretty much <laughs> can you name an album that is worse than this <laughs> Can I name an EP that's worse than this? Oh no! Who's <laughs> gonna go there? You can, you can try, yeah. Yeah, carbon-based anatomy. I'll let you. I'll let you lead this one. I want to hear. So okay, so no, no, actually, yeah, you you go first. Okay, I could not get into this one at all. Um, the way it's all written sounds very pop punky to me. 
mixed with like some prog. Don't ask me to explain because I can't. But yeah, that's that's kind of like it's slow as shit for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I will accept that it's it's short because thank fuck it is. But uh, yeah, this one is not metal at all. Um, it it actually risks breaking with some of the uh, the electronic bits, breaking into like an almost trancey synth wave album. Yes, that is that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a fair assessment. That yeah, it's not particularly metal. I would actually agree with that. Um, in the and like it it doesn't have to be metal. Let me let me say that right yeah, now. Yeah, sure, like sure. It, the the album doesn't have to be metal by any means. You know, past focus, pretty much none of them are. Um, there is the one spot where I guess it does kind of go back to it a little bit, but um, yeah, no, this, I think the more I listened to it, the more I ended up liking it. Cause I do like Synthwave to some extent. And I think it was the fact that they really wanted to bring in that, the like proggy elements to what could have easily just been a Synthwave album is actually what brought it down. Okay, I see what you're trying to. St- okay, okay, I see what you're trying to say here. Yeah, okay, so that's the thing that like threw me off. Actually, the first time I've heard this when I was a younger, younger person. This came out in 2011. I remember when I first heard 12. it, I was like, "What's that?" 2012. Oh, sorry. On Wikipedia, it says 2011. That, that might be a typo. Anyway, so when I first heard this thing, I was like, "Yeah, I don't like this. This is weird. This is dumb. This is some nerd shit." And now that I'm a grown ass man, almost 10 years later, yeah, I, I like it quite a bit. I think like, but here's my issue with it, right? If I go back to this album, I only really care to listen to Carbon Based Anatomy, Box Up My Bones, uh, sorry, Box Up My Bones and Elves Beam Out because those are actual proper songs. Whereas the other three songs are very much, like you said, like synth wave ambient kind of tracks. Um, so in that regard, this is the most album-oriented listening experience I think Cynic has put out. I think that like the other albums are, I don't really know if they make for the best album experience because they kind of feel like they're just jumping from like song to song to song, which is like, you know, all well and good. But this one felt like it had a very big musical message it wanted to get across. I don't know what that message is. I don't give a shit about lyrics, but, <laughs> but um, you know. Yeah, yeah, see, I know you mentioned pop punk earlier and you said you can't explain it. I think that's dumb because if you're gonna say Cynic has like pop punk influence, I definitely want to hear why you think that. Yeah, it's weird though. Like it's a lot more like power chord kind of riffage, and like it's uh it's weird. Like this I, album's weird, guys. Like, let's not sugarcoat it. It's not for it's not for very many people. I had the thought, I wrote it down, and I honestly just decided not to go back to this, so I don't have a way to expand on it <laughs> past that. I I wrote it down like a week ago. Yeah. Okay. Leave me alone. Yeah, uh, whatever. I mean I mean, like, yeah, what else can you say about this thing? I don't know. I think it's just super not for everyone. It's just like this weird thing. And yeah. that's kind of what I like about this band is just like how fucking unabashedly strange they are. And like the Spotify streams really scream that fucking um hieroglyph doesn't even break a hundred K. I'm not surprised. So Hieroglyph is literally just an ambient track. Like I, I never go back to it either. When I'm listening to this thing during my jogs, I, <laughs> I put on. Don't LSD lie, you don't jog. Out. What's that? You don't jog to this. 
No, you're right. I don't. <laughs> you're right. That was a lie. I listened to Within Destruction on my jog today. Oh, whatever, fucking sue me. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's weird, going back to the release date a bit, Spotify says 12. Uh, Wikipedia says November 11, 2011. Bandcamp says November 15th, 2011. So who the fuck mm. knows when this album came out? All I know is it's been out for either a decade or coming up on a decade. It, it probably came out in 2011 and they probably didn't upload to Spotify until later. Who knows? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, fuck it. Um, yeah, okay. So this album, I think, really did put the writing on the wall as far as like what Cynic will be. And I think this is probably the point where a lot of people probably just tune the fuck out. Because if you ever expected Cynic to make another metal album, this is the part where they say, yeah, dude, that's just not what's happening here. That's just not the way it's going to work out for you. Well, okay. So before I say what I got to say, do you have any uh, final notes? What's your favorite song? Yada, yada. Um, uh, who cares? But so, so, like, I mean, all the songs that are proper rocky or metal songs i like so to repeat myself carbon based anatomy box up my bones and elves beam out by the way i forgot to mention i really like the production on this quite a bit i think the production on this and even traced in air is amazing um i think these are very pleasant records but uh this is some nerd shit <laughs> do not put this on at parties uh listen to it by yourself and make your own thoughts about it so anyways and going don't tangent, don't share that you've ever listened to it don't uh, share. yeah people will not respect that opinion yeah. so i just want to expand on, on on the point you made that uh basically anyone expecting cynic to make another metal album like good luck um and i think that actually really screams volumes when it comes to the streams for the last album that they did kindly bent to free us horrible horrible name um but here's where it starts to scream volumes. First song on the album, True Hallucination Speak, highest stream song that Cynic have at 1.1 million strip plays. Instantly gets cut in half with the Lion's Roar at coming up on 700,000 plays. Again, cut in half with the title track at 340,000 plays. And it just keeps dropping drastically. You might notice uh, something about those songs you just listed. You know what that okay. is, Aaron? What's that? That is literally the chronological order of the album. Oh, I know. That's that's the that point I'm making. That people literally just listen to this thing for th- maybe one whole song and said, "Yeah, I'm good." Yeah, that that that's the point I'm making. People have come in. You know. Maybe they didn't give up after the EP. Maybe they're like, okay, the, it was an EP. It was a one-off. It was weird. Whatever. Listen to the first song, half of them were like, okay, where does this go? Half of those people were like, okay, well, let's let's try to stick it out. And it just, yeah, it's impressive because uh, the album ends, it's only eight songs, but the album ends with uh, Endlessly Bountiful and it doesn't even break 200K considering the lead song has almost a million more plays in it. Yeah, that's sad. It's that's really uh, sad. It, that, yeah that's the thing is it screams volumes for what this band had to offer and how many people were looking forward to another release and just didn't get it i equate this to opeth but i feel like opeth did it with way more success i feel like opeth 
I remember the reactions when uh, Michael Ackerfeld or whatever pronounced his weird name was just like, yeah, man, I'm not doing growls anymore. Like, fuck off. And everyone's like, boo, boo. But I feel like people have kind of warmed up to new Opeth. Um, but I think Opeth has like infinitely more op- appeal than Cynic ever could have dreamed of having because yeah. again, this is this is like it's amazing Cynic even got this far considering how fucking weird they are. Like, like let's we cannot sugarcoat how strange of a band this is, and the fact they even got a million streams off of fucking True Hallucination Speak is kind of remarkable. The thing is, and the main yeah. difference between Cynic and Opeth, Opeth changed their their sound. To no longer be death metal and kind of go for that like alt rock, but that still has a huge fan base. Yeah, he, you know, they had alienated maybe half their fan base. The other half are into stuff like that or would are willing to give it a chance. But cynic don't really go into another genre that has a big fan base. They go from niche to niche. Oh, I see what you the distinction you're trying to make. So I also could do you one better as far as like weird decisions being made. Season of the Mist put out this thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of weird, isn't it? I don't know if this album really fits that catalog particularly. Uh, I would argue they probably just had the contract and had to deal with it. Do you think this album was an obligation on Cynic's part, or do you think they actually want to make an album? Oh, no, it's absolutely an obligation. And same with the single that comes after it. There's no way it wasn't just an obligation. Yeah, I mean, I, I like this album, actually. Um I don't know if I like it as much as everything else, but I mean, you know what it is about this album? Um, I, I actually do think the Lion's Roar is a banger and same with like those first three songs. I actually do like this album. It's like, it has the vocal shit that I really like from Cynic. I really like his vocals. I think that guy can write a good hook, man. But yeah, it's... I think it's a classic example of like a band that just misinterpreted what people maybe wanted, perhaps. Because I think everyone just wanted more music like focus. I think yeah. The moral of the story, right? But I, I mean, I think that's just always been cynic. People are looking for focus, and there's there's just not more focus. Couldn't be on. I, I think focus is literally just a byproduct of like weird ninety shit. Yeah, and obviously coming out of death, like you're gonna write what you know that's fresh in your mind. You write focus. You then take a break. You get into other things, and you end up with the rest. Yeah, um, but I agree. Line drawer is a good song. Um, yeah, this album really didn't stand out too much to me. I like the album cover. It's it's interesting. It's psychedelic. It's trippy. It's really pretty. Yeah. But um, yeah, as a whole, like this album, none of the albums really screamed to me, but definitely not this one. <laughs> yeah. This, you know, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say this one actually probably pulled me in more than all the other ones post focus. Sure. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I, I, like trace and air quite a bit more maybe for nostalgic purposes i think this album is is kind of a weird mix between trace and air with like carbon-based ambient there is a lot more ambience in this album like it's but they don't space it out as in having an, um ambient interlude tracks rather what they do on this album is they just have that as the intro of the song a lot of moments like that 
which isn't really my favorite artistic choice, quite frankly. Like, I think maybe if they just kind of got down to brass tacks and just focus on writing like really catchy songs within their style, it might have served them better. But that's just kind of how prog is, isn't it? It's like they make you wait for this payoff, and maybe it's there, maybe it's not. Yeah. But, um, you know, Cynic is just so fucking weird, just as a entity, right? Because just the more they go on, the more people just don't give a rat's ass. I remember when like Trace and Air came out and people were like, holy fucking shit, Cynic is back. What? And then they people, listened to it. Yeah, people didn't want it, man. People just like, like the reviews are good. It's a critical darling, it seems like. It seems like no one gave this okay, pitchfork actually. <laughs> I, I didn't see this the first time. Pitchfork gave uh kindly bent us a four out of ten. That's yeah, nice. deserved. You think it's a four out of ten? I don't think it's much higher than that. I'll give it a six. Yeah, like maybe a six. I don't think it's a bad album. I think it's just misunderstood. It's it's a misfire. Yeah, there's just there's too much that could easily be cut, and you'd be handed the same album just better. Yeah, you're probably correct. But I will say that, like, there are improvements over the previous efforts. And I think, like, Lion's War is a really good example of when Cynic just tries to focus on writing a catcher song. They actually have, like, really good moments of that. But it is bogged down by the fact that it's just a fucking inaccessible genre. Yeah. I think. I think that's the biggest problem that Cynic has is that even though they made a more accessible version of their previous selves, they did so in such a way that's still alienating by quite a bit because Paul's a really good singer and he can write a fucking hook like that chorus of lion's roar could have been a fucking huge song, but. But yeah, it's, it's kind of, kind of the same, same thing as I was saying before is you went from making something that was probably more accessible, you know, with focus, but pretty inaccessible, you know, it, it has its group to something that was pretty inaccessible, but it has this group. Do you think, who do you think this album is for? Them. They wrote it really self-indulgent and just, yeah, they wrote it for themselves. And if somebody happens to like it, then great, which I agree is probably the way you should write your music. I have no issue with that. Yeah. But you also have to look at the fact that, you're putting money into it, a label's putting money into it, and it needs to it needs to not fuck anyone. <laughs> and at the end of the day, this probably fucked everyone who wasn't them because it was for them. You know, anyone from Season of the Mess, can you ask them politely, like, hey, <laughs> kindly bent to free us, what's what's your take? Oh yeah, I'll ask them. You know anyone from that label? Yeah. Yeah, I know a couple hey. people. You should uh, get in on that and let me know. And you know, Pat, I really want—I want to know for me. I feel like you can make a fucking documentary about this thing, about this band, because they're weird, man. Maybe they're we so can. Uh, we'll You're not going to be really chat, and uh, and we can make a nice little Patreon video. Oh, you know, I uh, the more I listen to Cynic, though, the more I actually dislike them. I'm going to be really honest, despite the fact that I still. <laughs> Because you know what it is? Because my taste has just changed so much. I still love Trace and Air, by the way. I actually might go as far as that's my favorite work of theirs. 
But I, I remember liking Focus quite a bit more. I was really pleasantly surprised by Carbon-Based Anatomy, but I'm probably not going to go back to it anytime soon unless like, I see them live and I know they're going to play a song off it. And Kindly Bent to Free Us, good album, but it can kindly fuck off because like I just don't... I'm just not really into that sound as like a concept, right? Like Prague metal for me petered off really hard and I don't really care about prog metal I like it as elements infused with other stuff I don't really like prog rock like just as a blanket yeah so I have no desire to go back to kindly bent us it is uh so one thing that really threw me off right um, I never, like I said, I never got really got into Cynic, never really listened to them prior to organizing for this episode. Obviously, listened to everything five, ten times through or more. Sure. The way everyone went on about the humanoid single when it came out put it in my head that it had been at least 10 years since the last Cynic album. Whereas like- it's only been four. Everyone was going on about how, like, oh, my God, Cynic's back. Guys, new Cynic, blah, blah, blah. It's like, as as someone who was never into them, my mind went, cool. Cynic's probably not released anything in, like, a decade then. and But instead, it's been four years between the last album and this, which really isn't that bad. It's It's a bit longer than most fans tend to do, but still... Yeah, I like Humanoid a lot. So uh, I, I, I like it's it. way better than everything on Kindly Bent Us. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, my, I didn't even bother to write down notes because my main thoughts are pretty simple. Um, this sounds like a song that could have come right off of Trace and Air, but better. Yeah, yeah, it could have replaced anything on Trace and Air. It would have fit into the album with the way it's written and and its style and everything, and it would easily be the best song on that album. You know, it is too. That, that's why I actually do like Trace and Error because even though it's really radically different, it still has elements of like metal that I think just makes Cynic sound a little bit more cool. And I think Humanoid dabbles in a lot of that too. I think the riff is just like the riffs in that song are really fucking catchy. And it's like, it just really gets down to what that band is on a fundamental level. It doesn't waste your fucking time. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't, doesn't really like question your patience. It doesn't beckon you to give them like a really big chance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. This song is quick to the point. It like this is cynic now. And it tells you a lot that it has 600,000 plays. Um, weirdly, one of their shorter songs at four minutes, they tend to break into the five, six minute mark. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just appreciate this this single a lot more than pretty much anything else I listen to from them. But doesn't that kind of go back to every single discussion we've ever had on this show? <laughs> yeah. Is that, what do you do, Aaron? You make a song, you make it short, you don't waste anyone's fucking time, and you just make something that sounds fucking catchy. Do it not is... get lost in the weeds. Don't get all fucked up. Just make music that is easy to follow. <laughs> That's really catchy. It is one thing capable, and that's why. Sorry to cut you off. I think it is capable of doing it, and that's why this discography is kind of a frustrating listen. Yeah. Well, 
like, I like the, Cynic, but right now <laughs> I need to shit on them because I care so deeply. Yeah, well, like one thing, like you said, it's it's one thing we always go back to is just does this band appreciate the listener's time? And the whole way through this, their discography, honestly, I think Humanoid is the only song that appreciates the listener's time. Um, Lion's Roar is pretty short too, but it, that kind of feeds into your point though, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, and, it's like, and Lion's Roar is squished between two six minute songs. Yeah. Like, Nearly 15 minutes of material and only three songs were played. Yeah, exactly. 15, 15, 16 minutes, coming up on 17 minutes, really, of material, and only four minutes of it is worth it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I actually do like those first three songs, but I, I, I'll never, ever tell someone that their opinion's fucked for not liking it because it's weird shit, man. It's fucking weird. And, you know, see, that's actually the most disappointing part about Humanoid, too, is it came out, like, what, three years ago? Uh, yeah, three years. I don't know where they were going with that. I'm a little confused, honestly, about why they recorded that and just didn't do anything after that. Was it because they're working on the new album and just something got fucked up along the way? Uh, that would well, make the most sense, wouldn't it? Well, again, uh, Humanoid was released for Season of Mist. They may have honestly just had an obligation to release something. Mm. sometimes a single is all you need to to deal with your contract that is true but i will point out that there have been a uh, cynic actually has been working on music for a while because after shortly after um yeah so two previous members passed away sean malone the bass player and paul or sorry not paul um sean reinhardt passed away in the same year last year was that last year or this year uh last year i think last year one was last year one was the year before both for 2020 i don't know i don't remember i'm pretty sure they're both in the same year so anyways two members that were important to cynic passed away right yes so sorry sean malone died 2020 sean reinhardt died 2020 yeah so they both these two fellows died last year and i don't really know how much that fucked with the album but on social media they posted that like hey this thing is basically done well that's the so, thing is, Sean Malone was the only one who was still in the band. Sean yeah, Reinhardt Sean left Reinhardt in 2015. Left. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess what I'm trying to get at that was like, well, even on a personal level, even if he wasn't part of the album, that probably fucked with Paul's head. Yeah. Because they were, I'm, I'm assuming they were very good friends up until death. But um, yeah, I think what's interesting about that is like, it's entirely possible that you know, you're, you and I were talking the other day where sometimes a band will write the whole album, record the single, get it mixed, mastered first, put it out, and then record the rest of it before the PR cycle's done. Yep. It's possible they did that, and then something happened in their personal life. Oh, yeah. Like maybe Sean Malone getting sick, right? And maybe they thought he was going to make it through kind of deal. You know what I mean? It's one of those kind of situations where it's like, humanoid comes out and you would think okay we're gonna have an album cycle coming out pretty soon and it just never happened right but some bands do just do singles true but do they, you think cynic is savvy enough to do that i wouldn't put it past them 
I mean, I think that'd be really interesting. I think that'd be cool if a prog rock or a prog metal rock band, whatever, like had a single release model as opposed to albums. Yeah, because maybe like, people would have listened to all of Kindly Bent Us if they did that. Um, the thing with Humanoid is there's nothing around it that implies that there's more outside of like, hey, we're still working on music on social media. Humanoid feels like a standalone single. The semi-album cover that they have feels like a standalone single. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it basically just the logo with some stuff in the background? Yeah, it's basically the logo with like, I'm not even sure what's replacing the eye. Bold, bold choices. My just friends. like a tree thing, a rock tree thing. That's it. The name of the new Cynic album, Rock Tree Thing, coming out, Season of the Mist. Get it. And that's that's all assuming Season of Mist didn't, you know, dump them. I hope not. That'd be so sad. Having he, two of your best buds die and then your label just says, fuck you. Well, they may have dumped them before, to ah, be fair. True. true, true, true. They may have just been like, yeah, give us the single. We'll release as a standalone single. You can't release on an album, but that gets you out of your contract. Cool, bye. That's always a possibility. You know what? Now I need to know if you're still signed. Give me a sec here. <laughs> they may have never updated it. Uh, well, I mean, that is true. That is true. Mm. I feel like you'd be able to find out on Season of the Misses roster, though, wouldn't you? Probably, but sometimes they you wait to change it. Sometimes you don't. Like um, when Rings of Saturn there got dropped by Nuclear Blast, they were still on the roster for like two, three weeks. Oh, you know what? I don't think they are anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Fuck. So, yikes, brother! Yep. So yeah, Fetus is still on there. That uh, that single was definitely there. They're out. Sad. Oh no, they actually come up in here. Season of Miss Cynic in their roster. Yep. Oh, look at the North American catalog. Uh, See, I'm just looking at their uh, their label website. Ah, gotcha. For all their bands. Interesting, interesting. Okay, okay. But, I mean, who knows when this was updated because it still has Sean Malone as their bass player, so. Oh, allegedly they're still on there. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. I will yeah. take it at face value for now then, but it wouldn't be unexpected if they got dropped. Yeah. I don't know, man. Cynic is a, a weird piece of history, this weird blip on the radar. Very fascinating band on just, like, so many levels. Yeah, they've been. It, I mean, I won't say it was a bad listen. I won't say it wasn't interesting, but I don't see myself going back to very many of the songs past no, uh, past finishing this. Even as a fan, I I don't want to. Only if they're playing live, I'll happily see them play live because you know it's going to be performed amazingly. You know it's going to be like an experience because this music translates really well live. I've noticed. Um. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's what I mean. It's like whenever I see like a progressive band and I'm there in the for example, Scale the Summit, I don't care to listen to any of their albums ever again. But man, Scale the Summit, li- Scale the Summit live treads. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean then. Yeah. yeah like... I mean, like when you're there in the flesh and you get and you you get to see these long passages like evolve, it doesn't feel like it because you're there in the moment. Yeah. But if I'm like sitting in my bedroom staring at the ceiling, listening to carbon-based anatomy, it feels like a fucking eternity. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> it's like, yeah, so yeah, because like I'm the same with uh between the barrier to me. Honestly, for the most part, I cannot I don't give a shit about listening to them. But when I saw them headline with uh with enslaved, they were great. And it was easy to get into. Well saw that show too, actually, in Toronto. Yeah. It's so funny. You and I were in the same room way too many times. Yeah. I never knew it. Yeah. I went for enslaved, so so did my friend, but he's also in a BT van. But that's besides the point. So cynic. What do you think overall? Uh, you know, what would you rate their discography out of essential or non-essential or somewhere in the middle? I would give focus essential and you can ignore the rest, honestly. Yeah. Focus I'd is exactly focus agree. is essential to know where the sound came from and what let like what evolved to create what we have now and nothing else they've done has been anywhere near the the cosmic level of focus i'll do you one step better i think focus and trace and but trace and has a big asterisk trace and is if you're a very open-minded music fan you might like it quite a bit but if you're straight up like a metal guy or straight up like a prog you know i mean it's not for everyone there's a little bit more of a caveat really cynic has like or sorry focus has og cred you know when we talk about essential what makes trace and essential the fact that it's a very very interesting lesson on what a band can turn into given weird enough circumstance that's fair if that's what you're into like if, <laughs> if you don't care about the behind the scenes aspects of music and the personal lives of people if you're just in it just for like wiggly airs in your ears then like yeah it's not gonna it's pro it's it's only for certain people i think it's brilliant and i think it's great so i think like if you feel like you uh, agree with my takes you'll probably like it too but uh most people don't so <laughs> so you know whatever so we're uh we're we're sticking by the fact that the space for this is the only song that you will jog to out of their entire discography. Uh, yeah, but maybe lions were if I skip to the course. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work when you're jogging. Oh, I do it all the time. I was listening to. I don't want to talk about it. All right. <laughs> so, anyways, we have we have something else to talk about. Yeah, do it. This is one of my albums of the year. I fucking love this band. So can, full disclosure. Can you please remember to say the name of the album this time? I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. Full disclosure, I actually know half of the members in this band because of uh, we all went to this. We just, sorry, we didn't all, but one of the guys went to the same music school as me. And I met these people through association. There's a band called Telomere. They're a... Shall we call them a progressive metal band? And they are from Toronto. And they have an EP whose name is eluding my mind because I was just trash-talking cynic. (laughs) It's called Where Are We Still? Where Are We Still? And Where Are We Still is one of my favorite albums of the year. It's a five-song EP. It's fucking brilliant. I hate the fact that I just asked you to say the, the name of the fucking album title and then you just couldn't remember it. Hey, look. Done with you. Um, hey, look. <laughs> six songs, half an hour this. long. 
Yeah, who cares? Yeah, we're so yeah. Keep going. <laughs> no, I was just I was just saying six six songs, half an hour long. Uh, one song is an instrumental intro, what have you. Uh, so yeah, as a whole, it's about five songs really. Oh, uh, so that's the last song. Um, where are we still? No, it's not. I lied. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm just being an idiot. Come on now. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just I'm just so rattled. So, anyways, what do you think of where are we still? Um, I liked it. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, yeah, the, honestly, of of all the the uh, the stuff I've had to listen to, this is probably the best one um, for today's is, for today's show. I have show, no shame. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I keep on cutting you off. Yeah, stop it. Fuck. Okay, talk, speak, go. I would say, yeah, I, I think Telomere is better than Cynic. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really bad. So, for all the guys in Telomere who've met me in the flesh, you're welcome. Um, I, yeah, I think this thing's fucking awesome. So, here's the thing. Here's the best way I can describe this album for those who have never heard of this group, which is, I guess, a lot of people, right? Because they're very new. This is the first thing they've put out. Um, this is what happens if the contortionists mixed with dance gavin dance minus the flamboyant poppy energy do you know what i mean yeah it's like it's a lot of really pretty clean vocals um i think brody does an amazing job i I love the sound of his voice and his growls are very like contortionist-esque and a lot of the songs kind of go back and forth between like really clean guitar chords going into really heavy almost like death corey genty kind of parts at times but it has like it doesn't have like this progressive metal saturated overproduced tone there's a lot of reverb on the clean guitar so it kind of gives it almost like an indie band kind of feel for the production but then it goes into these really tight metal segments and it just explodes really good at building up because it's just even though these songs some of them are longer than others i don't think they're time wasty i think the songs progress really nicely and there's a lot of really catchy, memorable hooks, whether or not it be like the breakdown or the clean vocals and stuff like that. I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, first of all, I hate the fact that we just talked about a band that is 30, almost 30 years old. Most people consider like one of the most essential bands and then just instantly like, yeah, this this independent band you've never heard of is is better and deserves your time more. <laughs> I do because they're active. They're very, very active, and I'm, I'm assuming Telomere released new music before Cynic, and I think, like, but I think also the reason why I picked this indie pick for this particular week is because it's just the evolution of the genre, isn't it? Cynic yeah. is a bunch of old heads trying to make modern prog, whereas this is just what the modern prog sound kind of turned into anyways. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I got from this, I and maybe this would have fit better, a uh, few weeks ago i say a few weeks ago knowing full well that we missed like two months of episodes um cough cough uh this would have worked really well as an indie pick during our protest hero discussion because that is who i get major vibes from is protest yeah a little just bit actually. just in the way that everything's written in the way that everything's kind of everything develops through the songs it is very it builds on what protests started as you know that first couple albums and makes it their own 
yeah it has that but it's not bogged down in the same way that protest is where this this, this does have like modern i guess metalcore influences and post-hardcore influences and obviously so is protest a hero but a more of an old head kind of way yeah like those first couple protest demos that we were talking about are very much like the melodic hardcore like fast 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 like punky kind of beat stuff where this is like after years of observation you might this again this is more influenced by like let's say a dance gavin dance style post hardcore yeah i mean i don't really know him so <laughs> oh okay no sorry i'm not but... just talking on my ass here but... <laughs> no i mean that's gonna work better for some people who who actually know them um yeah, yeah it's like... very much swan core inspired but it's not that and i don't want to give people the wrong impression by name dropping dance gavin dance it's just a really yeah. good parallel because like there's like you know very good clean vocals mixed with like you know really heavy riffage and yeah that's like, a big band. and that whole like melodic hardcore bit is kind of and mixed with the proggy kind of technical it's scaled back a lot more than protest is but yeah that, that that is kind of the point is like like you said it's somebody who's looked at early protest and basically took just you know those first couple releases in a vacuum looked at them figured out where did what did they do what did they do right and what would what could they make better and here we are yeah i think what's so amazing about this thing is it kind of came out of fucking nowhere and the reason so i they actually opened up for apoc at a toronto show and this blew my fucking mind when i saw them play live because i'm pretty sure they played all song for this ep and so it's really fitting that after I heard the recorded version, like nearly a year later, a little bit more, and I was like, damn, this is like so fucking good. I don't know, man. It's one of those things where it's like I could go on and on, but I can sort of go in circles. Like the performances here are all great. Um, it is proggy, but it's not proggy in the way that like um, it's it's not proggy in the sense that there's a lot of guitar solos and blah, blah, blah. It's more proggy and says that there's a lot of like really clean passages and each song kind of develops over time. And like the structures aren't particularly linear and there's kind of like some odd meters thrown in there. But the drummer on this is a fellow named Brody Clark, really nice fellow. He, uh, he, he does some amazing beats on this thing. And what I like about it is that even though some of this riffage gets really weird timing wise, the drumming just keeps everything rock steady. It's really like really respectful of a listener's um how do i describe it it doesn't bog down the listener with like a shitload of like information yeah it's very good for your attention span yeah yeah and every song actually like even though every song has the same elements just kind of like move down to different places i don't think every any song is particularly samey because i remember each song and they're you know particular badass parts you know what i mean yeah I remember every single song off of this album, whereas like, you know, other songs that might be contender for album of the year for me, they don't have that. And that's why I think this is like my um, album of the year, quite frankly, and no one's fucking talking about them. I'm sure there's circles. Like I know like the math core circle, this album kind of got passed around a bit, but you know, I don't know who this album is for besides like weird people like me i don't know if this is going to have more appeal to like metalcore fans and like mathcore fans and let's say metal fans it's kind of where i'm at with that you know would you jog to it all the time perfect i constantly jog to it and i'll even do you one better and i'll tell you what songs i jog to i actually jog a lot to microcosms and uh sequoia ashes part one 
I think those songs are fucking amazing. And uh, I, I like the whole thing quite a bit, man. Like, <laughs> even Where Are We Still is an amazing closing track, and every song flows into each other perfectly. It's like, it's like this one really long piece of music that just like flows, but like, again, it doesn't feel like it's 20 minutes or what is it, half an hour long? It doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Well, like, if you're weird, <laughs> if you're weird like Marcus and have some weird tastes, or you're uh, you're more normal like me. Uh, I think you should listen to this as well. So Telomere's "Where Are We Still" came out earlier this year. It's on Spotify and all your streaming services. It's available. Definitely listen to it, especially if you're into stuff like Dance Gavin Dance, according to Marcus, and Protest Hero. But other than that, Marcus, take us out. Goodbye. Thank you I for listening. You. <laughs> How many episodes are we into this podcast? Like, I don't, I, I don't know, something like that. Um, I think this is eight. Man, happy birthday to Deep Dives of Coffee Podcast. <laughs> because we skipped like two months. Yeah, exactly. Aaron, what are we doing next? I, uh, my handwriting sucks. Um, slaughter. Slaughter to prevail. Yeah. I yeah. forgot we said that. <laughs> so the next al- the next band we talk about will be Slaughter to Prevail. Um, their new album comes out on Friday. So we will be discussing the new album. It'll be a uh, not exactly a rush listen, but that'll be the point. We'll uh, be able to discuss it while it's relevant and while everyone has fresh thoughts about it and can tell us where we're wrong. Yeah, we, uh, we sold out as a podcast. We only want to talk about bands that are relevant. So <laughs> join us the week after for Asking Alexandria. Yeah. All right. And well, the week after that. Ooh. Oh, I thought you were going to name drop someone. I was like, fuck. No, I, uh, almost, I almost spoiled it because I was looking at the paper. and um, I don't even remember who's after yeah, that. Wait, so. We're selling out, guys. This podcast is sponsored by Burger King and Pepsi. Fuck you. It's, it's I wish. That'd be great. I love that Burger King Skrilla. But yeah, if you uh, if you want to tell us who to listen to, or you want to tell us about your band, do it. Hit us up. Social media, we're on all of them. Uh, probably more active on Facebook, and should probably pick up the Slack on Instagram and Twitter. You but should, that's uh, fine. We implore you, listener who made it this far, to follow us. Yeah, if yeah, not, follow us. You're a buster. You're very rude. We're working on a couple other of uh, show options. Um, working on ideas for the Patreon, which we haven't really been pushing because we haven't really put anything up yet. But that's fine. We're getting there. We do have a Patreon, so if you want to give us some money, please do, and we'll make content for you. Yeah, yeah, we'll make content literally just for you because nobody's on there yet, so we haven't bothered making content yet. We're returning uh, you. I get it. You know, but as soon as we get one on there, we're gonna have to work harder. So if you want exactly. to give us some money. You know, if you if you like listening to me ramble and forget names and mispronounce things, I'm your guy. If you want to listen to Aaron Normal Man Price, who apparently killed much music. Yeah, someone said that to Aaron. You did. I didn't say that. <laughs> yes, you did. When did I say that? In the protest the hero episode. How long ago was that? I don't fucking know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you you, you said it. You said people, it. It was quoted at me. I forgot about it. I just want to throw this out here to all the listeners. If you ever come to me and say, I can't believe you said this thing, my only response will be, I don't even remember saying that. Do you know how many things I say in a day? 
probably do you know shut the <laughs> fuck up no no just shut up if you want to quote things that marcus and have not forget do it uh you can hit us up on deep dive astrography podcast on all the social medias we're gonna stop rambling now because that's all we're doing marcus say goodbye doodles bye